one tonight. And uh, again, tonight we've got uh, some training going on for Celebrate Recovery. And then, of course, we're, we're at that time of the year where um, people are coming and going and getting in vacations. But isn't it good to know that no matter when we come, what time of the year, what's going on, Jesus will be there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want to, before I get into what I want to teach, if you will, I want to pastor for just a moment here, if I could. Thank you, Brother Mike, for helping out. Um, and to, I mentioned this Sunday morning, but it's been great to have um, Brother Mike Rumchek's aunt and uncle from Germany, well, living in Germany, not from Germany, but living in Germany with us. They've been in the States. They were with a group for some youth camps in Indiana, right? And then Youth Congress, and then they've been spending some time here, and so it's great to, great to have them with us. Um, I mean, I've... Oh, by the way, I, I meant to say that, well, sort of, I thought this earlier. I, I, we definitely have a few old-timers around here when we were singing that song. Because when we sang that, for he, there was those that came in after the first for he, because that's, that's the way we always did it. One of these days, I'm going to remember, we're going we're gonna to break out with, oh, magnify the Lord. Yeah, how many of y'all remember that one? Yeah, and then all the ladies come in. Oh, for he, for he. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. So, amen. But how many of you in, in the vein of old timers, and I, I think I pretty much am in that category now, so if I ever say that, you can't get mad at me. I are one now. So, <laughs> although in some ways I think I've been an old timer for a long time since I started out here. But um, how many of you ever heard or remember Siskel and Ebert? I think I said it right. Two thumbs up. Anybody remember that? Yeah, they were, they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were movie critics before movie critics were really a thing. And when it was really a good movie, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. That means each one of them gave it their thumbs up. We, we are in a world of reviews it is pretty much now an unwritten rule in my family that if we're going someplace to eat, we must see how many stars it has. And anything less than four is unacceptable. And the majority of the time, it's been very accurate. But then you can read. It's not just, you don't, you, if you want, you don't just look at the stars. You read the reviews. You read what real people said. And, and it's that way with businesses. It's that way with restaurants. It's that way with all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to tell you, and this really isn't about me, because I feel nothing but love and support from this body of people when it comes to my ministry. So this isn't about me. But it... There was never an intent, and I don't think it's anything you can find in Scripture where we're supposed to get in to giving thumbs up and thumbs down to what happens behind the pulpit. Now, let me, hear me out. I don't mean we're not supposed to listen. Does that, does that match Scripture? Blows my mind sometimes to peep some things people say. And congregations respond to, and I'm like, do you know your Bible? Do you know what your Bible says and what was said? Sometimes, sometimes you got to know a little bit more, but other times you don't really have to know a whole lot to go, wait a minute, that ain't right. Be, Woo, yeah, hallelujah. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm all for and I've said it before, even when I'm teaching and preaching, I want you 
to be going through in your mind and your spirit. Is that, is that right? Is that what the scripture says? I'm not talking about that. It's one thing to, do, to judge the content of the message and the accuracy of it. It's another thing when you're judging the messenger. And and this is and I, I you know I, I'm not saying I, I I'm going to say this and and please hear me I say this and I don't feel like at least still at this point maybe 20 years from now but I when I say what I'm about to say it is because I believe it's what Bishop as the founding leader of this church has helped establish not hopefully I've had nothing else picked up that torch but that's where it started. And, 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 and this, we, you are, I mean, you, you are not the normal group of people. Not that we're the best. There's plenty out there that are, and it's, it's not even about best. That's not, hear, try to hear what I'm trying to say. Don't mishear me. But we, we this, this is not, this is not the norm. <laughs> You, 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 you know how to pick up on things. You sense things. But I'm just telling you that the enemy, and this, this is the case in all kinds of ways, the enemy doesn't care which side of the road you get in the ditch on. As long as you'll get in the ditch. If you'll, let, let's take separation from the world. It, he, he's happy if you'll get in the ditch that it doesn't matter. What we dress, what we wear, what we do, all of those things don't really matter. He's happy if, you don't, if you'll get in that ditch. But if you won't get in that ditch, He's happy if you'll get over in the legalistic ditch. The Pharisee ditch. And we don't need to let our spiritual sensitivity and discernment cause us to get in a ditch we don't need to be in. I hope all of you love the way I teach and preach. If not, you're you poor people. Because I'm talking to people tonight that you, you have to listen to me most weeks three times a week. But at the end of the day, it's not about, it's not as much about the messenger as it is about the message. That's why, again, just because God uses you to speak something from Him, don't get too proud. He got desperate enough to use a donkey. I just reread it this morning. Balaam, I don't know why it had to be Elijah and Elisha. Why couldn't it be Elijah and, and John? And then Balaam and Balak. I think, I think Balak was the prophet, I think. And Balaam was the ruler. And I probably have it backwards. And I'm not even going to try to get it the other way because I'll mess it up again in a moment. So they, they tried to pay him to prophesy against the people of God. And he tried. He tried a couple times and God... God was talking to him, and he kept trying, and finally God used his donkey to talk to him. So just because God speaks through you, being a messenger is not synonymous with God's endorsement on who you are and what you are. I realize I may be talking a little bit in vague terms right now, and if, and if, that's, if that, that's fine, and that means maybe you don't, but if you... If you if you're picking up a little bit more what I'm putting down, then, then pick it up. I don't want to ever reach the point. I'm speaking for me as an individual, not as your pastor, not as a pastor, not as a preacher, not any of those things. As an individual, I don't want to ever get to the point where I risk Missing something God would choose to say through me if it's through a vessel or through a means by which might not fit my preferences. Amen. 
So let, let's, let's be cautious that when we're applying the principles and things we've learned and we've been taught and things that are a part of our DNA, let's make sure we don't misapply. I, I kind of felt a check the other day. I, I said this to one or two people, and now I'm going to say it to the whole group, but I'm saying it as an acknowledgement. I felt a bit of conviction from the Lord. I went to Youth Congress last week with the interest and the desire to, for two different services. The first one was the Thursday service that I've referenced now a couple times, Sister Kindershock, and the other service I was going and absolutely wanted to be in was Friday night and Brother Chris Green. And I flew home Friday afternoon and missed it. And I just kind of felt the Lord check me a little bit going, this isn't, this isn't picking a movie here. This isn't... How did I get so superior that I can go someplace pre-selecting? I'm, I'm talking about how I felt convicted. So... That's a that's enough pastoring at least for that part. So you can you can just remain seated and uh I'm gonna read a verse to start here, but Jalen, I'm not connecting. I don't know if you don't mind just trying it for a second. And if not, we'll just move on here. But while he's coming and you're all watching him come, by the way, uh, uh, thankful for the Lord's hand um, working. Uh, Esther is here this evening. She's coming along, getting her strength back. We are thankful for that. And also, Elizabeth went home Sunday evening, um, and so she is on bed rest. And um, I've been around when her a couple of times when her mom is making sure that that is happening. So, but keep her in your prayers as well. And um, so, yes, Proverbs. 18 verse 21. You know, I the Lord is good. I was, I was, thank you. I wasn't fishing, but that was good. I, I, you know, I, this was, I was struggling this afternoon. It's always, I've said this, but it was, I don't know when it started, where it started. I don't know how old I was, but it has been my desire for as long as I can remember when it comes to preaching and teaching. I want to be, I want to be practical. I want to be relatable. I want, it, I want it to be real. I want it to make sense. I want it to, to be something you can take and do something with. The problem is, and, and I feel like, at least from my perspective, that's much of my ministry, but the problem is I often feel too practical and too... And, and I was feeling that way this evening, so maybe for some of y'all that need all the deep spiritual stuff, I remind you, I told you I felt a couple angels over here. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Living Bible says it this way, Those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. No elbowing, no coughing, none of that here. Men have died for saying the wrong thing. Boy, that is that is the truth. I was, I was, um, I was at a prayer meeting yesterday morning, and uh, 
some of you probably know this, but within the last week, I guess it was, there was a shooting, another shooting in Bywater, and then uh, Wednesday morning, we gathered together for prayer, and apparently there was a shooting that early morning or night before Tuesday night in Bowman Court. And uh, one of the pastors who was involved in it had been up all night, I guess, connected with some of the people or neighbors in the community. He said part of what's going on is if somebody says something about somebody, people are putting it on social media and people are taking revenge based on things that have been posted on social media. I think that's kind of fitting in light of this verse. Men have died for saying the wrong thing, although not necessarily saying that in that context it's the wrong thing, but for saying something. The Message Bible, words kill, words give life. They're either, po- they're either poison or fruit, you choose. Words kill, words give life. Words kill, words give life. The uh, New Century versions, New Century Version, Proverbs 25 and verse number 11 says this. The right word spoken at the right time is as beautiful as gold, apples in a silver bowl. The right word spoken. The the King James says a word fitly spoken. Is there anybody that can testify here this evening that at the right moment you were going through something or you were trying to figure something out and God used somebody to speak a fitly word? They spoke the right word at the right time. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. That's like apples of gold in a silver bowl. A a word fitly spoken. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I feel like that 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 passage has gotten sort of perverted with the the name it and claim it doctrine, which isn't a doctrine. (laughs) Or as they also say, and it's probably more fitting, blab it and grab it. Name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. They're about the same thing. There's nothing in this book that's about you just being able to blab off and shout out what you want. Amen? I forgot one more very important thing. Lauren Millette, welcome home. So good to have her back from Malaysia and her time on AIM and... uh, I will make sure <clears throat> that you get to hear from her about her trip. So we'll figure that out. But welcome back. And I know, uh, I know there's some people that are very thankful and relieved that she's back. <laughs> At very least one person. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Amen. But there is power in our words. You can... Ruin somebody's day by a few simple words. You can make somebody's day just by some words. I think we've, I think many of us, and I think especially in our culture, we have become very frivolous with our words. Sarcasm. I'm just going to tell you, I don't believe that sarcasm ought to be a common part of a Christian's way of talking. I I don't think maybe every now and then, as long as it's not cutting somebody down or embarrassing somebody, that, you know, maybe a little bit here and there, but but I've never personally, if you do, it's fine. I'm not saying it's sin. I'm not here to say it's sin, but I've just never really been all that interested in sitcoms. Because anytime I've ever watched even a few minutes of a sitcom, it's pretty much based on sarcasm where somebody is being put down, cut down, 
Laughing is at someone's expense. There's a whole lot of things in this world that are absolutely hilarious, but they're not funny at somebody's expense. And the problem is when that's the diet you eat all the time, you don't even know how sarcastic you are. I tell you what I think is one of the worst things is when a husband and wife are sarcastic with each other in front of people putting each other down. You know what? Forget what I said earlier. I'm just going to pastor all night here tonight. (laughs) The right word spoken at the right time because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 15.23 says this, A man has joy in making an apt answer, amplified, and a word spoken at the right moment, how good it is. Living Bible, everyone enjoys giving good advice and how wonderful it is to be able to say the right thing at the right time. Now, if death and life are in the power of the tongue, and these verses are talking about how wonderful it is to say the right thing at the right time, the flip side of that coin is how negative, how detrimental it is to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's both ways. These these two verses, these last two verses, are focused more on the positive side of it. And, and I hope that's what you and I are, are focused on. But the bottom line is the, the weight that is put on the positive power of our words, we need to realize that the negative works as well. How many of you are, have done or are at least a little bit familiar with the, the love languages? The five, I think it's five love languages. One of those love languages is words of affirmation. You don't know this, and maybe you're not a words of affirmation person, but your spouse or your kids are, and if you're not familiar with it, Google it, and I think you can take a simple free assessment online and find out what your love language is. But if you've got a person that words of affirmation are their love language, Negative words impact them more than somebody that their love language is something else. You know, I I remind you that part of the purpose of, of the colors personality test is not so everybody knows how to tolerate you and you just get to be you. It's about understanding others and how you communicate with others. Proverbs 16 and 23. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. How about that? Isn't that interesting? The The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. And addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Message Bible says it this way. They make a lot of sense, these wise folks, whenever they speak. Their reputation increases. Bottom line is your reputation is going to increase one way or the other when you speak. Just whether or not your reputation for wisdom is increasing or your reputation for something else is increasing. One way or the other, your reputation is increasing. Gracious speech is like clover honey. Good, Good taste to the soul. Quick energy for the body. Gracious speech. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. The heart of the wise teaches. means you're not just spouting off the first thing that comes to your mind. 
the heart teaches the mind. Because I don't know about you, there's sometimes my mind wants to say some things that my heart knows I don't need to say. And listen, listen to this. Isaiah 50 and verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned so that I would know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. The Amplified says it, This way, the servant of God says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of a a disciple and of one who is taught that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as a disciple, as one who is taught. Now, I think some of the context of this verse has got to do with some broader things and, 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 and doctrine and scriptural understanding, but I think in principle it can apply to this this evening. That you need to seek for God to give you the tongue of the learned, that you might speak the, 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 a, a, a word that will strengthen the weary. Not a word that will weary the weary. Not a word that will stress the weary. But to be able to speak a word that will strengthen the weary, that will encourage, that will uplift. He says, the Lord has given me that. Barnes Note says this, the the Hebrew here is, that I might know how to strengthen with a word the weary. That is, that he might sustain, comfort, and refresh them by his promises and his counsels. I, I want to know how to strengthen with a word the weary. A fitly word, a timely word. He he says, King James, again, King James says, The Lord has given me. The Lord has given me. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. The New Century Version says it this way, When you talk, you should always be kind and pleasant, so you will be able to answer everyone in the way you should. The Passion Translation says it like this, Let every word you speak be drenched with grace. The Aramaic word could also be translated compassion. So let every word you speak be drenched with compassion, and tempered with truth and clarity, literally seasoned with salt, that this is an idiom that means, not an idiot, but an idiom. This is an idiom that means friendly, clear, and making people thirsty for truth. For then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to everyone who asks about your faith. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace. I, I realize this is not the world we're living in. And I, I also realize there's a lot of Christians that... I, I, I had an interaction, part of the interaction was person, uh, you know, it, it's always a little, I mean, if you know where my office is, I'm not like, and I didn't choose it intentionally, just the way it happened, my office is not like right out in front. You kind of got to be get going there to get there. And a couple of days ago, I'm sitting at my desk and I look up and there's an individual there's a lady that I do not recognize is looking in my blinds, <laughs> reaching. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, maybe my mama just raised me differently 
If it's not a room that I, belongs to me, I, I knock before I enter. Just saying, that's just me. If it's, uh, you know, but, and, and this lady comes in, Brother Middleton, I, you'd know who she was. <laughs> you, you've, you've had the encounter with her before. Hopefully she ain't watching, but Pastor David, you know who I'm talking about? (laughs) So anyway, in the course of all that, she had, this lady had had an interaction at MVA and the person she was working with at MVA was giving her the what for and giving her a hard way to go and then somehow proceeded to tell her that the lady working at MVA that she was a pastor. There were several other things the lady in my office said I didn't really agree with, but I definitely agreed with the point that, what in the world? If that's how you're going to act and you're a pastor, don't be undercover. <laughs> don't, be, don't be telling. It, it's kind of like I said Sunday night, I think it was. We, I mean, we, 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 we love this apostolic thing. We are apostolic. I'm going to say it again. Being apostolic is not just about the fact that we don't have a set, rigid format to a church service. We're willing to let the Spirit. Well, that, well we're, apostolic is being about the, you know, the preacher flowing. And, well, that's, that's apostolic. Well, there, there's a whole lot of other things to being apostolic. As I preach Sunday night, breaking bread is apostolic. But treating people the way you're supposed to treat them is apostolic. Talking to people the way you ought to talk to them is apostolic. Now, all that's apostolic. I, I think some of us have decided there's an apostolic buffet. Oh, I'm going to fill my plate up with this part of apostolic. Well, pile this part on. It's it all, and, and, and I know, we, I know... We're not running the aisles and jumping and shouting. And some of you got me tuned out, and you're some of the very ones that ought to be listening to me. He's given me the tongue of the learned because death and life. There's people in this room right now, in a group this size, I can guarantee you, I'd bet money if I was a betting man, I'd bet a lot of money, that at the very least, it's probably more than this, but at the very least, there's somebody in this room right now that maybe by now the Lord has helped you over it, but you've spent years and years, adult years of your life, with the words of a parent ringing in your head that you're stupid and you will never amount to anything, or you were a mistake. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. I, I know you know this, and I, but it, who I, I don't know. Does anybody know who the idiot was that first came up with the statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt? That person was on something. I, I it kind of I thought I, I I paraphrased it this, this afternoon when I when it crossed my mind as I was preparing for tonight. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can deeply wound me. The bottom line is, we're always at some point in a moment of weakness. We're we're probably going to say something. The spouses are going to do it. Moment of weakness, a moment of struggle, a moment of frustration. You're going to say something that wounds your spouse that you truly did not mean. Say something to your kids and vice versa. And hopefully as Christians we properly deal with that and we ask for forgiveness and we make amends. The bottom line is this, that doesn't automatically take it away. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. I want, the, I want the tongue of the learned that knows how to speak a word to the weary and strengthen them. I don't know if you remember this, but I told you, I think I said it in a service. I know I said it to a couple of individuals, but I, I, I think I said it in a service at some point in the last several weeks or months that I was hoping at some point to be able to teach 
about things you shouldn't say. So guess what? All of that was the foundation to talk about some things you shouldn't say. But I, I want you to, all of that wasn't just to kill time because, again, somehow we need to get some confidence and faith in the power of our words for life. That we can speak life. We can speak words of life to each other. We can, we can speak words of life to our spouses, to our kids, to our parents, to our brothers and sisters, naturally speaking, but, but also spiritually speaking. That elders will speak words of life to this younger generation. That the younger generation will speak words of life to the elder generation. So I, I, this isn't here to, I, I, I want you to get the, the, the positive aspect as well, but, but I, I, want, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about some things you just, you shouldn't say. And I'm not, I'm, some of you are telling we shouldn't cuss. If I got to tell you that, you got problems. I'm not here tonight to tell you you shouldn't say the F word. You ought to already know that. But I, I want to also say this before I, before I get into some examples here. I, I, this is not about this new world we're living in where you've got to be careful of every single, every single thing you say. I, I just said it, I think, Sunday. I, why is it that I feel so intimidated in a pulpit that when I'm making an announcement that if I say anything to do with gender and the roles that the Bible says about gender that I feel intimidated to say that? I'm not talking about that. That's not what I'm about to share some example. I'm not talking about cowering to not speak the truth. But I'm talking about things that we're going we're, we're gonna to get wounded. That's a part of life. But, but if we can avoid some things or minimize some things, I think we ought to be mindful of that. So, th- th- these aren't in any necessarily any specific order. And, and some of these are going to be a little more just practical, whatever. Some of them will be a little bit more spiritual, so stay with me. But you know what? I, I'll just start with this one. You don't need to tell everybody your medical stuff when they tell you what they're about to do. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. People hear you, you know, you're going in for surgery, and for sure enough, somebody's coming up to you. Oh, you're getting that done? Oh, let me tell you, my grandmother had that done, and she was out of commission for seven months. She almost died. They had to resuscitate her. Thanks, I'm getting that done tomorrow. What? I wish I was kind of exaggerating, but I'm not. If you've never had it happen to you, God bless you. I'm sort of reluctant sometimes to say what issue I may be having. Because somebody, oh, pastor, well, let me tell you. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear what you went through. It doesn't help me. Unless it's going to be a really encouraging, positive thing. I've had my wife come home sometimes. Oh, you are so-and-so. What's the point? What's the benefit? That's not speaking life. I know some of y'all, you just, no, never mind, I won't say that. That one's kind of, but here's, here's, here's the next. We're getting a little more serious. I meant that seriously. And again, if you never had that happen, it happens. Anybody besides me ever had that happen? Okay, well, from now, oh, I got a couple of hands. Thank you. There's nothing else. Just don't come tell me your stuff. I, I, I think these are some things you shouldn't really tell people. And it's very common for us to say, oh, I, I know how you feel. No, no you don't. I, I understand what you're going. No, you don't. Well, I went through the same thing. So, the same type of situation 
does not guarantee that it affects every person the exact same way. You don't, I, I've tried for a long time to make sure I, if I somebody's sitting in my office bearing their heart about something they're going through, I do my best to not respond. Well, I understand. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to sit here tonight and say that I understand what the traders are facing. For I don't. I got two daughters, obviously, this last week been dealing with some pretty significant, serious medical, but that doesn't make me an expert on what they're going through. I don't know how you feel. And when I'm dealing with my stuff, you don't know how I feel. Hey, I'm praying for you for what you're going. And God knows. Isn't that the amazing thing? You can always say God understands. God knows how. Because Hebrews says we've got a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, because in all points, I, I don't, I don't, you got people in this, numerous people in this room that your parents divorced at some point. People in this room that, there's other people in this room that your parents divorced when you were similar ages, but to simply say, well, I, I know what you I understand You can't presume that it's exactly the same. You say, well, what, 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 is it really a big deal, Pastor? It is when it causes some of the turmoil that it causes. For Some people are able just to water off a duck's back. Others peop- other people aren't able to, to quite do it that way. How about, how about, <laughs> how about this? To, a, to newlyweds or people that have been married a couple, well, when are you guys going to start trying? So here's here here what I realize that's often used in to, you know in jest and fun, but here's the thing, you know as well as I do, there are lots of couples in this world. We've had couples in this church. Excuse me, they've been trying. And you don't know the turmoil that they're going through because they've been trying. And they have the desire. But for whatever reasons at this point, God has not allowed a baby to be born. I'm not, I, I, I feel like maybe some of you, maybe you don't, maybe all this is just the devil but I feel like some of you are like, Brother Ray, you're making some mountains out of some molehills. I promise you, anything I'm saying here tonight is not based on one single occurrence. And the bottom line is, if we can grow and learn together for the future. Or, I, I don't remember anybody saying this to us, but you know, we had... Not we, I guess, I, I don't know, maybe that, I, whatever. Four miscarriages, and two of those were before Elizabeth was born. But I actually had, I just had a pastor. I was sitting with a pastor at Youth Congress for a few minutes, and I was sharing some of the stuff that was going on with Esther and Elizabeth, and he was sharing about his wife, and she had had a miscarriage. They now have two kids, two grown kids. And he said, the do- after she missed the doctor. The doctor sits there and says to her, well, at least you know you can get pregnant. It's like I was ready to deck the doctor. What kind of, st- what, how is that supposed to help me right now? So, Brother Wright, you're, we're not supposed to say anything? First of all, I'm not saying that. Figure out some life things to say. And let God give you the tongue of the learn to know what to say. Well, what am I missing? 
not missing. Huh? People, I'm talking about people that are a part of us. I'm not talking about a guest. I'm talking about people that are a part of us. Hadn't been in service for a while. For various reasons. Not people that are backsliding. And they, they're finally able to be in a service. Wow, you, you actually showed up? in the world? You, boy, it's been a long time. What? Death and life. Death and life. Death and life. Now, I, you know what? There's a few times. There's, there's a couple people that, I, that I, I know for a fact where they've been, why they've been, been out several weeks for work situations. And so, yeah, in those situations, I've, 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 hey, walked up and introduced myself. I'm talking about faithful people. Hey, I'm Pastor Wright. What's your name? But that's when I was absolutely certain. And I've had, I've, when I've gone through a couple times here where I've missed a couple weeks, I've, I've had people walk up to me and welcome me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be extreme here, folks. But when, when, when somebody is, is it's not, they haven't just been on vacation, missed a couple services vacation, but maybe they're going through health stuff. And so, health reasons. It's a struggle. They've had struggles getting to church. What, what, what kind of welcome? Hey, wow, it's so good to see you. I sure, I'm glad to, that's what, wow, you, you actually came. Death and life. Because the enemy is working overtime on our minds. And I know for a fact, the more services you miss in a row, especially no matter what the reason, the more the enemy works on your mind. First of all, boy, and nobody even misses you. They don't even know you're not there. Death and life, a word fitly spoken. People, people dealing with loss. How are you doing? Now, now, please hear me. I'm not saying you should never ask somebody how you're doing. It's not what I'm saying, okay? I know I said things you shouldn't say. I'm not saying that. And if God helps you with the tongue of the learned, you'll know when to say, hey, how you doing? The problem is, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through some stuff, really struggling with some stuff, I don't want, you to, I don't want to have to tell you how I'm doing. Or I may not know how to put into words how I'm doing. Or, well, it, it could be worse. And that helps me how? Now, I've told you several times, and I'll keep telling you, from, from, an, from my side of things, when I'm struggling with stuff, Especially this last year, as I've said, some of my wife's situations, I've been, I've been using that tactic. Not, well, it could be worse, but, hey, Lord, thank you that we're out having to deal with that. I don't want to deal with this, but thank you that we're... But for somebody to walk up and say, well, it... How does that encourage me? How does that uplift me? Oh, you'll get over it. Or somebody's lost a lot. Well, heaven wanted another angel. I don't really care if heaven wanted another angel. Heaven's got enough angels. Take somebody else's angel. I'm tell. I'm gonna say it again. Some of you, hopefully, some of, hopefully, most of you are going, Pastor. You are wasting our time tonight. I'm, I'm glad I'm wasting your time. But there's some people, if they're listening, I'm not wasting their time. Death and life. 
So I, I think one of the biggest things we've, we've got to realize is when people are struggling going through stuff, I think first and foremost they need you, if you, especially if you're close to them, they need you to be present. They need you to be present. They don't necessarily need your words. I've heard all kinds, I say all kinds, I've heard a couple of different interpretations of this verse. The shortest verse in the Bible, two single words, Jesus wept. I guess there's kind of two basic takes on this verse. One is that Jesus wept because of his frustration or disappointment or whatever else you want to call it, because of their lack of faith. I personally completely disagree with that take on that verse. The other take on the verse, which is the one that I personally think is the case, not because I came up with it, others have come up with it, but I think Jesus was present. Even though He was God and had the power and the ability to do what He was about to do, in that moment, He was fully present with some people who were suffering loss, and he was moved with their grief. He wasn't upset because they didn't believe. If that was the case, I don't think he'd have been weeping. Because there's some other times where he rebuked some people because of their lack of faith. I don't think he was weeping because of a lack of faith. I think he was weeping because in that moment, Mary and Martha were grieving the loss of a brother. And he was present with them and was moved by what they felt. And he stood there and wept. I think when people are struggling and going through stuff, one of the biggest needs is just for somebody to be present. Most of the time, what is the pressure we feel? I don't know what to Say, And a lot of times it's because you don't really necessarily need to say a whole lot. You just need to be. I said it a couple weeks ago when I mentioned about what Jalen and Esther were going through. I don't, I don't think text messages are the primary way we should be communicating all the time, but it is a part of our world. Just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Here if you need me. As I said, no response needed. Just want you to know. How hard is that? And I'm not saying that's the only thing you and I should ever do. Because again, I believe if you and I will work to be more and more sensitive, God can help us more and more to have the tongue of the learned. To know what to say. Not to just pop off at the mouth. And My wife told me on the, she knew what I was going to be speaking about, at least this part this evening, and she was sharing with me. She, she got a text message from from someone this morning that was just absolutely spot on. I mean, it was spot on. I mean, it was it was amazing. Absolutely, it was a it was a word fitly spoken. It wasn't it wasn't just some generic. Not that there's any. I mean, please, if you get a text from me, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. I'm praying. I'm not doing that to be generic, don't. <laughs> but but my point is, it was it wasn't just some broad. It was a fitly spoken word. I I I I want I want that again. 
I think sometimes, I don't know if it's the way it is, but I feel like sometimes the things, some things I say is, well, you're the pastor, so that's why. I, I don't want that as a pastor. I, I, want, I want to know how to speak a... I want to. I want to know. I want the tongue of the learned, so I can speak a, a fitly word to my wife. I want to. I want to know how to speak a fitly word to my my kids, my sons-in-law, daughters-in-law. I, I want to. I want to know my my friends, my peers, and and those that I pastor. I don't want to just know how to speak a word of in the pool in the in the altar when you're reading somebody's a word fitly spoken. How about this? A word fitly written. <laughs> I can uh, you, you you make me try to communicate verbally with my words. I struggle. You give me a pen and paper. Man, I can I'm way more comfortable. I, this isn't about sticking you or I in some box. If God's given you that kind of a gift, a word fitly written. I, I, one of the reasons I've, I've said it before, I, I probably should have said more things to my kids as they were growing up verbally, but I intentionally chose, right or wrong, I intentionally chose more often than not to write it in a note because if you say it, you go, well, what did they say? Or... You know, one time my dad told me he loved me. <laughs> it was a little bit of a... Whereas he... Let me, let me go get that note. Of I don't know. Maybe some of you, you don't save that kind of stuff. I, I got stuff from most of my life. But a word fitly spoken. Like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. I've said it already. It, it's the it's the court in the course of life. You and I are going to get wounded by words. We're going to get wounded by each other's words. And let me just say this for the receiving end of this. Somebody comes up to you and 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 they come by you on Sunday. Hey, Tommy, I heard you're going through such and such. Man, I know how you're feeling. Don't get all upset. Well, they ain't listening. Up. Give me a break. How about how about trust the spirit? How about trust the intention? Because you can put up with a whole lot if you trust the intention and the motive to be right. But the bottom line is, I think we need to work to be more conscientious and more intentional of the words that we speak. You've got life or death in the power of your tongue. Let God help you learn how to give a fitly spoken word. There's a, I, I, I would, I may follow up with some, maybe on Realm, but there, there's a couple of, all you got to do is Google what to say to people who are grieving. In fact, I came across this today. You can, you can Google what to text someone who's grieving. There's some, I came across a funeral home that's got a, a link with a whole, and some of it, you read some of it, and it's obviously not written from a one God apostolic Jesus name believing person. Some terminology that may be a little different, but you can, you're, you're, you're smart enough to edit that. You're smart enough to figure that out. And let me, let me finish off with this. I can promise you, I think I can guarantee you, the devil is never going to suggest to you to speak an encouraging word or text an encouraging word to anybody. I guarantee you, the devil's never going to do that. Number one. Number two. And I'm not trying to be, I'm just, I'm being real with you. For better or worse, I'm being real with you. At different seasons, different times, 
there's some people, thankfully, that chose to, to text or call. And, and, a, and, a, and a statement that is not all that uncommon. And I have a feeling if we're getting it, there's a bunch of other people that probably get it too. And that is, well, I'm sure everybody's calling you. I'm sure everybody's texting you. Nope. I, I, I plead with you tonight as, as your pastor. <laughs> when the thought crosses your mind, text somebody. Call, hey, just want you to know I'm praying for you. I heard you're going through some stuff. Just praying for you if I can do anything. Don't, don't, now, every, I'm sure everybody. So what if everybody is? I tell people this sometimes. I just started a, a, a Bible study with the chiropractor we've been going to for several years. And he, he's like, how can, I, how can I pay you? What can I'm like, you don't understand. This is what I get to do. <laughs> this is what I enjoy doing. There's a lot of stuff that I have to do. And, and all of you understand that. You all have things in your life that you have to do. Job-wise, hopefully you've got some things on your job you get to do. <laughs> but there's always stuff you, you don't get to do. You have to do it. Like, the, I, I, this is what I get to do. I don't need you to do it. I just need you to let me do this. That's, what, that's all I need. I was going someplace with that. I don't remember exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Well, everybody, every so-and-so, I noticed so-and-so wasn't there today. Well, I'm sure everybody's, I, 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 think, I think maybe this is where I was going. I'd rather get a ton of calls or texts or emails saying, thinking about you, love you, praying for you, than not get any. And the enemy's hopping around on shoulders going, nah, don't worry about it, everybody else is. Don't worry, everybody. Knowing that everybody else isn't. And, then, and don't get me wrong, we, man, we, there, this is, I know from, from, from interaction with deacons, that I'm not saying we don't do this and we don't support, but it's one thing, when you do something that you know is your responsibility. I don't mean you're just doing it because you have to, but you feel the responsibility. It's another thing when somebody, maybe you don't have a direct responsibility for, but you still care for, you still love, and you can still speak a timely word. I, I, I pray, I hope and pray. That you have you, you you catch the the desire and the heartbeat of this because it is not to produce some kind of fear in us. <gasps> I don't going to say anything because I may say that's not it at all. Love covers a multitude of faults, but I think the point is we need to we need to learn. We need to be growing. We need to be understanding how we can do things better, more effectively, how we can stop doing some things we shouldn't be doing. That's why, again, I, 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 I wasn't just trying to take time in the beginning. I, it, it's, it's part of my heartbeat this evening that you get that other side. I've, I've been on the negative side of the coin for the last few moments. But get that other side of the coin. There's life in your words. A fitly spoken word can, can do some amazing things for somebody. And the pro, I mean, with all the stuff in the book of Isaiah, I just finished in my morning reading, I just finished the book of Isaiah for my Old Testament reading. There's all kinds of stuff in the book of Isaiah, all kinds of prophetic things in there. And, and in the midst of all of that is that verse I read, that God would give me the tongue of the learned so that I can speak a word. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord, as I preached a couple of Sunday nights ago. We're a family. Your body is a family. We're an army and we're sheep and there's a lot of different typologies, but we're, we're a family. 
And as family, we're here to support and encourage and care and uplift. And I pray, Father, I pray that you would help us to have the tongue of the learned, that we might be able to speak a word of encouragement, an uplifting word, a word that when somebody's weary, we speak that word and it helps to lift the weariness. When somebody's discouraged, rather than saying something that would add to the discouragement or some kind of snide remark that would add to the struggle, that we would be able to, to have a word fitly spoken. Lord, I pray by your grace that you would help us more and more to use the power of our tongue, the power of our words to speak life. Lord, I pray that not only for the sake of this body and those that are already a part of this body, but I pray that as well, Lord, for the, the souls that you continue to add to us. Lord, that as more and more people are added to this body, that we would, we would be more and more effective in our ability to speak a word of life, a word of encouragement, a word of hope, a fitly word, Lord. Give us the tongue of the learned. Give us the tongue of the learned, Lord, that we can speak the words that are going to bring life, that are going to bring hope. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.